TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, there it is. The snare drum means it is time indeed for another Gopher show. A little thing we like to call the Score North Gopher show. Wherever it is you find your podcasts or you are listening to this show, thank you so much for doing so. My name is Ross Brendel, taking you through the midweek edition that is at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Some news and notes, a hat tip to the other Meg Ryan, Megan Ryan with the Star Tribune. A couple notes to follow up on. Coach P.J. Fleck, he said senior linebacker Kamal Martin, he's okay to play after missing the Georgia Southern game with a foot sprain. A couple weeks off indeed seems to have helped that situation. And there is a game time, game time alert for when the Gophers take on Illinois for homecoming. Remember, that was either a 2.30 or 3 o'clock start. Illinois in a revenge game for Illinois. 2.30 kickoff on Saturday, October 5th. This weekend's opponent for the Minnesota Golden Gophers is the Purdue Boilermakers. Last time Minnesota met Purdue, it was here at TCF Bank Stadium. In in a game, the Gophers were victorious by a final score of 41-10 with a little help from Blake Cashman on that day. He's got the fifth-year senior at quarterback, Blau, and he is held up. Ball is stripped loose, taken away by Blake Cashman. Again, 41-10, to 10, the final in that one. Our thanks to ESPN for those highlights. Jeff Brom met the media yesterday previewing this upcoming tilt with the Gophers. He says that Purdue, they've had a pretty good week of practice. We had a, a good week of practice. It was more physical. Uh, it was in full pads, a lot of good contact work. I think both sides of the ball need to get better, It'd be more physical, and uh, trying to dominate the line of scrimmage and trying to win football games in that matter before we get into all the cute stuff that we would like to run. Jeff Brom, of course, the head coach of the Purdue Boilermakers, and that audio courtesy of the Lafayette Journal and Courier. And joining me now, my guest who covers Purdue Athletics for the the Lafayette Journal and Courier, Mr. Mike Carmen. Mike, I'm just tongue-tied this morning. I must know I have a pretty big guest on the line. How are you, sir? You hear me okay? I got you now. Don't move another foot. Just stay right there. All right. I, I shouldn't I should intimidate anybody, so that, that, we'll get that out of the way. Well, very appreciative of your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. We heard Jeff Brom right there, Purdue on a one and two start, couple of tough losses in non-conference play. Sounds like, according to him, it's been a good week of practice. Well, uh, he would know. Uh, they, they did get probably more work in from a physical standpoint than you would normally do in a bye week. And that was a result of uh, what happened against Texas Christian uh, the week before where uh, they were not uh, very good at the line of scrimmage, um, couldn't run the ball effectively, and really couldn't run their offense. Uh, but they had a, you know, a backup quarterback in there because Sindelar was out with a concussion. They had uh, a couple other players out. You know, One of their top offensive linemen didn't play. So there were some, some factors involved, but that doesn't, that doesn't fly with Jeff Brom. So, um, I, I don't think they went back to the drawing board. They just emphasized uh, a few things they needed to to maybe improve on because of what's coming up in, in the rest of the season with the schedule as you, as you start Big Ten play this week against Minnesota. 
How tough is it to practice for an opponent like the Gophers when you're not 100% sure who your quarterback is going to be? I think they probably have a good idea of who it's going to be, but until you know on Saturday, you don't really know. That has to affect at least your offensive preparations, doesn't it? Well, uh, somebody's getting reps, and that that's the key the key point there. And you know, a lot of factors went into the loss to TCU. The fact that Jack Plummer, the backup quarterback, had never played in a game before, and he was facing a pretty good defense. He he didn't get a chance to ease into his 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 first start uh, like a lot of uh, quarterbacks get to do. So uh, he was under fire uh, and under attack most of the night. It was hard for him to get settled. Uh, and, and he didn't have a running game to help him, uh, which really wasn't a big surprise from the way Purdue's run the ball this year. But uh, you know, if he gets a if he gets a shot to play Minnesota, I think he'll be a little bit more comfortable and settled back there. But there was a time getting on going into the TCU game that Purdue thought it would have Sindelar uh, because he practiced uh, the Wednesday before that game, but then Thursday uh, still was dealing with the after effects of a concussion. So they had to start the protocol over again. Um, so it, it probably threw them off just a little bit, but uh, you know we'll see what this week this week brings. You know Purdue Purdue gets back on the field uh, Tuesday and Wednesday for practice, and you know we'll be able to see if Sindelar's out there and kind of maybe chart their their plan for for who's going to play quarterback uh, against Minnesota. I jokingly mentioned here at the beginning that for Minnesota taking on Illinois on October 5th, it's a bit of a revenge game for the Gophers. They went to Champaign last year, and Champaign did quite the number on Minnesota, so much so that after the game, the Gophers fired their defensive coordinator. And from there, the season got better. The Gophers went on to finish 7-6, and six, including a bowl victory over Georgia Tech. Is this that so-called revenge game for Purdue, not just because Purdue lost last year, but the final score wasn't pretty? Or is that something that you just don't really think under Jeff Brom is going to carry over, that each game is on its own merit, so to speak? Well, it's kind of both. Each game is on its own merit, and you know you have, you have different teams. But he, he hasn't forgotten, and the players that played in that game haven't forgotten uh, the butt whipping they took uh, last year by, by Minnesota. And that – uh, that has started kind of a negative trend for Purdue. They're only two and five in those six and one. Uh, so you've got two programs kind of not heading in different directions, but um, that that was kind of a that has been a starting point for what ended last year for Purdue and what has carried over into into uh, this season for Purdue. And it's it's bothered Jeff uh, to a point. So you they get an opportunity, I guess, to get. To get back uh, at, um, you know, maybe change the course of their season a little bit uh, and, and stop the trend that they're in, they're in right now, uh, but also cool off a, you know, a really hot Minnesota team that uh, has really found itself since that game. And I, I can only imagine it's more than just changing the defensive coordinator, although that that seems to have been the the, the button that was pushed that, that kind of ignited them, but. Um, you know, I, you know, I think the players that played last year, remember Jeff Brom definitely remembers, you know, he'll probably use it in his pregame speech, but, uh, beyond that, uh, it is a new season. It's a new game. Um, you know, the circumstances are different. You're, you're earlier in the year as opposed to late in the year and both teams want to get off to a good start in this, in, in the big 10 season, uh, as, as it gets underway. 
My guest today on the Gopher Show is Mike Carmen. He is with the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Again, Mike Carmen with the Lafayette Journal and Courier. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Carmen underscore, I believe if I have this right, is it JC? Carmen underscore JC? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. So Gopher fans, make sure to give him a follow so you can stay up to tune on what's happening on the Purdue side of things here for this week as Minnesota gets set to take on Purdue this Saturday at 2.30. Again, you mentioned the start of conference play. I think this is as important of a week for anybody when you start conference play. Is it nice for the Gophers to be 3-0? and Yeah, I think it is nice. It puts you closer to at least the six-win mark and going to a bowl game. But for Purdue at 1-2, and it's a perfect time to start over. And, and Mike, I had mentioned on a previous edition here of the Gophers show, the last Gophers show, I believe, I think this is a huge game for Minnesota. I think we'll know by about 6 o'clock Central how much of contenders the Golden Gopher football team can be in the Big Ten West. But equally, it's as important for Purdue to reset. And I imagine Purdue also feels like if they can get things right, based off of their recent history, they can also compete in what seems to be a wide-open Big Ten West. I mean, the elephant in the room is probably the Wisconsin Badgers at this point. But everybody's got to feel like they have a shot here in week one, and it's important for both teams to get off to a nice start. Yeah, and that, it does give Purdue a chance to kind of gather itself. You're coming, both teams are coming off the off week, and um, and it's, it's kind of a natural thing now that you start conference season. You can pay, put all your attention uh, toward, towards the league. But, yeah, if it, you know, I would say the loser of this game probably, you know, you, you don't want to eliminate somebody after one one loss in the conference but it would be a tough uphill climb both both teams view this as win, winnable games uh for themselves and that's not a knock on either team how they approach it it just this is a game that minnesota feels like it can win and this is a game purdue feels like it can win especially if it has all all of its pieces uh in place uh so yeah it, it, it's a big game but i you know i think as you get into this big 10 west uh, uh, schedule you, every week you're going to see you know a game that has has uh, a lot of uh, magnitude to it because uh, I think the margin for error in the West although the teams are not college football playoff ready teams uh, the margin for error is pretty slim where you need to take care of your home field or you need to take advantage of a, a situation where uh, you go on the road and you're able to, to pull out a victory. And um, they are probably, you know, it's, it's, it's cliche-ish, but these Big Ten West games are probably, um, they add, they're, they're, they're more important because of the head-to-head situation, but they, they, they kind of uh, come up as many one-game seasons and, you know, and they take on a life of their own. Uh, and you don't know the ramifications of a win and loss in September until you get to November, and that's, that's why these games, you know, really, 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 uh, you know, become, uh, you know, kind of a not season defining, but can can push you forward or drop you back to a point where it's going to be hard to hard to recover. You're going to have polar opposites on both sides. You're going to have people who are incredibly happy and maybe fans who are incredibly disappointed. But overall, two plus years in at Purdue, what is the overall fan grade, if you can put a temperature on it, for Jeff Brom? I think it's just, it's for me, it's kind of fun to look around and see 
where other coaches are at comparable to P.J. Fleck. Both Brom and P.J. started 2017 at their current programs. What would be the approval rating, would you say, of just the average fan, the average supporter of Purdue football? Where are they at with Jeff Brom and where the program is right now? Uh, If they're not 100%, they're just slightly under that. Um, You know, he got a big payday last year after flirting with Louisville. And Purdue had to do that. They had to step up. They didn't want to start over uh, because they had built some pretty good momentum, uh, done some pretty good things in the first two years, not just on the field but off the field from a recruiting standpoint. And if they would have let Jeff go to Louisville, uh, Purdue would not – we wouldn't be talking about Purdue uh, even challenging for the Big Ten West uh, this year because of a lot of ramifications that would have – would have happened, but I, you know, I think the fan base is pleased. They are in year three. Uh, he is a under 500 coach uh, uh, right now, uh, and they would like to see maybe um, a step forward this year. And to me, a step forward would be um, getting that sixth win before the bucket game, the last game of the year. You know, I don't know if that's possible now that they lost in Nevada in that first game. That kind of kind of threw them off track. But, you know, I think Purdue fans just want to see steady progress. You know, I think this is a program, you know, as long as they continue to recruit the way they're doing, um, you know, this is a program that can contend for the Big Ten West, you know, a couple years down the line. And I think that's kind of what Purdue fans uh, expect from this right now, uh, the way the division is set up, where they can be a a yearly challenger uh, for the division title and then get into that Big Ten championship game once in a while, you know, maybe pull a surprise or, you know, take you take you another step. So uh, I think fans are are, are pleased uh, right now. But as as you know, college football is a week to week referendum, and things change based on you know how the games go. But you know, I think if you really had to go overall, you know, I, I, it'd be hard for anybody really to knock what Jeff Brom has done in the first two plus years here. Um, you know, as he as he tries to get this program, in, you know, to a place where it's competitive every week. Mike, something you just said perked up my ears because the way you described how you feel Purdue should be competitive in the Big Ten is exactly what I say about the University of Minnesota. I don't expect a Big Ten championship every year. I don't even expect to be at a New Year's Day every year, I, a New Year's Day bowl game every year. I always say for me, I think the barometer is, hey, I think you should probably go six and six every year unless they're six and six or better, unless there's some exceptions, you know, injuries to quarterbacks and injuries to key players can change that. But I do believe the expectation at Minnesota should be to at least go six and six every year. And then maybe every three, four years or every five years, you're playing in a New Year's Day bowl game or maybe you're even playing in the Big Ten championship game. Is that fair to put Purdue and Minnesota on the same level, same expectations, or do you view Purdue as a little bit higher than Minnesota, or do you think Minnesota is maybe even a little bit higher than Purdue, or is that just too tough of a question to answer, especially at this point? No, I think they 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 should be on equal ground when it comes to that. Uh, you know, anybody. I mean, if you really step back and look at it, you you're absolutely right. These these two programs, and there's other programs in the Big Ten that should should take this point of view as well. It's like, yeah, you should, we're at, we're at a place in college football with the division set up in the big 10 and the way, you know, the way that it's split down the middle from a geographic standpoint that anybody in the West, you know, use themselves as a contender and that's, that's fine. And they should, 
and I think Purdue and Minnesota view themselves as a contender for the Big Ten West. There are years you're going to be able to fulfill that and get deeper into the season and have a chance to win the West title. Um, but there are other years, based on a lot of different factors, where, you know, depth, injuries. You know, Purdue's going through some injury problems right now, and they just don't have the depth to overcome that. That you're, you're going to fall, you're going to fall a little bit short. The the you know the issue then becomes how do you how do you bounce back? How do you how do you come back from a year where you didn't make a bowl game or you didn't get to the bowl game that you thought thought you were going to get? And um, so it's a um, you know I, I wish other people would take kind of the longer view of these situations, understand kind of their place in college football and know that you're not going to win the Big Ten every year. You're not going to win the Big Ten West every year, but you just want to be a, be a, get to a point where you're you're competing and you give yourselves a chance. And you know, I think Brahm's doing all the right things, and PJ's probably doing all the right things to put their program in a position so when the schedule breaks your way or you get that one year where you don't have any injury problems, that you're right there in contention at the very end to, to maybe to win that win that West title and then you're in a one game situation anything can happen and uh, you know and I think you just you, you kind of roll with it from there Mike if Purdue wins the football game on Saturday what have they done successfully well I I think they need Sindelar as their quarterback uh and that's not a knock on Jack Plummer uh the backup he just doesn't have the experience you know and Sindelar's he has the experience he has the arm strength uh he, he knows how to push the ball down the field you know, for the most part, offensive line has been a question and will continue to be a question for Purdue, but they've, they, they've passed protected pretty well in the first three games. They've only given up four sacks, uh, and one of those was on Sindelar. So they've, they've held up from that standpoint, and I think Purdue has the weapons offensively uh, at the receiver position with Rondell Moore uh, and some other guys and a, a really good tight end to, to stretch the field and, and get some big plays. So to me, it's all about... If Sindelar plays, I think you know Purdue can can uh, maybe do some things, and then you know Purdue's got to match that physicality that they wilted under last year. And uh, right now, Purdue's not winning the line of scrimmage battles when they try to run the ball offensively, and then defensively, you know they've got to win that line of scrimmage battle as well. And uh, so if they can if they can be more physical at the point of attack, and I know Minnesota is an extremely physical team, uh, and that's something that I think PJ has. Uh, has built on because I, you know, I've always kind of viewed Minnesota as a, you know, having pretty good linemen up front uh, on both sides of the ball, and they've they've kind of been a physical team. But I think PJ has kind of built on that a little bit. Um, and if Purdue can hold up under that 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 physical presence, you know, then I, you know, I think that they would have a good chance to to come out to come out on top in the end. Adding to that physicality for Minnesota, definitely worth mentioning, Shannon Brooks appears to be set to return for the Golden Gophers this Saturday. Mike, you mentioned the old Oaken Bucket and that big game against Indiana at the end of the year. How underrated of a rivalry trophy is that? That's a great well, trophy. A, yeah, it is. It's a, but it's it, it's a regional type of rivalry because it's all in state. It's all, you know, dialed into, uh, you know, two schools that are a couple hours apart. That are more known, that are that are more known for basketball uh, than football, uh, but it, it's 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 a it's a rivalry. The last couple of years, where both teams came into it with five wins, and the winner got to go to a bowl game. Um, so, you know, I think I think regionally, it's it's a big deal. It hasn't really caught on nationally, 
and probably won't uh, unless you had Indiana and Purdue both playing for division titles uh, on that on that last weekend. Uh, and that I know that's not going to happen on the eastern side. It might happen on the west side uh, at some point. But you know that's a tough climb for Indiana. But it's it's a nice rivalry. Uh, it means a lot, especially to the in-state kids and even the out-of-state kids. You know, similar to all rivalries, you get you get educated and they become big deals once you get in that program. And that's the same with the, the, the old Oak and Bucket and similar to the Axe with uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Mike Carmen is my guest. He covers Purdue Athletics for the Lafayette Journal and Courier. He is at Carmen underscore JC on Twitter. A few questions for you in closing, Mike. Has anything surprised you so far about the teams in the Big Ten? We haven't seen a ton of conference play. Most teams have either played zero or one conference game so far. But has anything surprised you? I'll start, and then I'll just kind of let you dovetail off of it with your own opinion. I'm not surprised by Wisconsin being undefeated at this point. I'm a little bit surprised in the manner in which they've done it. But understand the lenses that I'm viewing that through. I'm viewing that through a gopher team that late November went to Camp Randall and basically handed Wisconsin their lunch for the first time in roughly 15 years. It was a little bit less than that. And I know seasons are different, but this Wisconsin team looks a lot different than the one that I saw last year. They look like they're back to doing what they do well, running the ball, running it right at you. You know it's coming, and you still can't stop it. They look dominant, and as a Gopher fan, that terrifies me. So that's my takeaway so far from the Big Ten is just how good Wisconsin looks. And then I'll I'll add one more. If Jim Harbaugh is ever going to win a big game at Michigan, it's probably going to have to be against Ohio State later this year he might not have another chance to do so because the way that team just routinely doesn't show up to play big games is a little astounding because they certainly have the talent to win those types of games so those are my thoughts I hope I didn't steal any of your thunder there Mike no I mean I would agree I mean Wisconsin uh, the fact that they can throw the ball now effectively and uh, you have a deep passing game to go with the running game that they have and then defensively uh, the way that they they, uh, they they kept Michigan from doing anything and the pressure they put on the quarterback, um, you know, it's it's probably back to who 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 we think Wisconsin is in, in most years, and just those little differences have have made a diff- have made a big difference for them. And you know, you have to label them at this point the favorite to win the West, even though I don't think they got a lot of love preseason um, from 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 voters or when we did our polls that they would be considered, you know, a big 10 West title. I mean, as we, as we talked about before teams in the preseason appeared pretty close uh, and that uh, it was kind of anybody's game outside of Illinois, but I think Wisconsin has emerged as that favorite. And I, I would agree on Michigan. They've, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of been uh, stumbling in place too long for that program. And you wonder how, how much longer, uh, they're going to give Jim Harbaugh. I know there's a big buyout to, to get rid of him, uh, but you, you would you would you would think that this is not what Michigan football wants to be. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if it's going to change. Uh, you know, at some point you got to you got you got to figure out whether this is. I mean, this is who they are. They haven't showed up in big games. You know, outside of Ohio State. You know, the Ohio State game is one thing, but then when you get into the other games where they haven't shown up. I think that's more of a disturbing trend uh, for Michigan, but it's it's all going to be what the administration wants and what they perceive uh, they they want their program to be. Um, so yeah, it's it's 
you're, you're at two different ends of the, of the Big Ten spectrum with Wisconsin and Michigan uh, right now. I think everybody else is kind of, you know, you know, Purdue's loss at Nevada, I think, was a surprise probably to most Big Ten people. But when you get, you know, beyond those kind of games, I think everything has kind of happened the way people thought it would happen, at least early on. Um, you know, Minnesota, they, you know, they won three games by 13 points. And, you know, credit to them for winning. Uh, you know, if they can continue to win those close games, they'll, they'll be right there at the end. Mike, there's been some chatter again about possible realignment in the Big Ten. How how do you feel about that? And have you heard anything from people within the Purdue Athletics Administration about their thoughts on it? My thought is I understand why they might want to mix it up, but I also would push back on them and say, well, what's changed? What's, what's changed in a few years other than maybe what they perceive as a competitive imbalance? But they're the ones who put this in play, and anybody who saw this five years ago or whatever it was, we, we could have said that maybe this was coming. So I, I don't know if you need to rewrite it. Things generally do ebb and flow. And if the Wisconsins of the world are going to play well every year, and if Minnesota or a team like Purdue wants to establish themselves as another team in the upper echelon of the Big Ten West, I don't see much of a reason to change it. I, I would actually, if you could rewrite history, I would go back and I would veto Maryland and Rutgers in the Big Ten, but that's probably <laughs> that's probably not changing at this part. I think there are plenty of people, all kidding aside, a, a little bit joking here, I think there are plenty of people within the Rutgers athletic department that would veto that move to the Big Ten. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I just... I, I don't really view it as broke, but it sounds like apparently maybe maybe uh, Mr. Warren and the folks running the Big Ten believe it to be broken. No, I, I, it's not broken. I mean, if you're going to go geography, then you go geography. I mean, you got to you got to draw the line down the middle, and that's just the way that that it worked out. You can, you know, if you start moving teams from the east to the west and west to the east, and you're no longer east and west, what are you going to call your what are you going to call your division? And one division is always going to be better than the other. You know, you're not, this is not the NFL where you can create parity by schedules and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, this is, you know, I think the West is better. It's as a, you know, as I mentioned before, there's not a, you know, Wisconsin may end up being a team that would be in the conversation for the college football playoff. Uh, and, you know, and after three weeks, they, they would probably get some votes, but traditionally the West, is not West doesn't have those those they may have a team but they don't have multiple teams like the East would perceive uh, to be so you know the West the bottom of the West I think is better than the bottom of the East and therefore you have a more competitive environment on the, on the western side uh, most most weekends but you know it's you can you can go north and south and you'd have the same same issues that come up people are not going to be happy and or they see a competitive imbalance. But, you know, I think last year, um, I, I can't remember the record, but the West had closed the gap on the East as far as, you know, head-to-head competition. And I think there's only a four- or five-game difference going into this year between the overall record between the East and the West. So the, the West has held its own against the East um, over the years. You know, Wisconsin beat Michigan. So that's, that's a win for the West. Last year, Purdue beat Ohio State. That's a win for the West. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've grown tired of it. I, I don't think there's any momentum to change, uh, right now, but there's always going to be people that, that bring it up, especially when you get new athletic directors into the conference, they're always going to ask, well, how did we arrive at this point? So then you, they got to give the history of why. 
And whether Kevin Warren, when he takes over the Big Ten, wants to dig deep and examine it, uh, you know, even more, that's that's up to him. And yeah, I, I just don't know if there's a viable alternative to what to what you're doing right now. Mike, final question for you, and then I'll let you go. Again, very appreciative of your time today. Gophers fans heading out to West Lafayette and Ross-Aid Stadium this weekend. What can they expect atmosphere-wise, and what can they expect if they've never seen the stadium before? Well, they've, they've done some upgrades. They've added a ribbon board in the north end zone. Um, they, they do sell beer here. I know they sell beer and, and alcohol at, at, at Minnesota as well. You know, it's a big... You know, it's a big deal here. Purdue's really given them, given them another revenue source a little bit, but it's also enhanced the game experience. And you know, they haven't had any problems with it. So you got you have plenty of choices, uh, beer choices uh, in, in the stadium around the concourse. And I mentioned the ribbon board, which is new this year, which kind of you know dresses up the place a little bit. They're they're getting ready to embark on a. 100 to 125 million dollar renovation project uh, with the stadium. We don't know the exact details of that, other than there'll be a a big scoreboard in the south end zone that will replace the current model. But you know, it'll be you'll you'll probably encounter 50 to 55 thousand fans uh, here on on Saturday. Don't know if it'll reach sellout status, but you know, I think overall people are, are still pretty juiced about Purdue football. You know, since Jeff Brom came came here. Uh, you know the TCU game, notwithstanding, you know, they played an exciting brand of football. Um, you know you'll have plenty of places to tailgate and 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 do a lot of pregame activities if if you want. So you know Ross State Stadium, while it's one of the older stadiums in the in the Big Ten, they've dressed it up to a point where it's it's becoming a little bit more modern uh, every year. And then once they get the renovations done, I you know I, that'll be a big step forward uh, for them in the future. Well, and for obvious name reasons, I have to be a big fan of the stadium. So if Gopher fans are (laughs) heading out there, I hope they have a ton of fun and enjoy it. You said they serve alcohol there, so naturally I checked to see how long it would take me. I can be there in eight hours and seven minutes from where I currently (laughs) sit. So maybe you'll see me on Saturday. Mike, I appreciate your time greatly. Have a ton of fun on Saturday, and I appreciate you joining us here on the Gopher Show. All right. Thanks for having me. That is Mike Carmen again. He is at Carmen underscore JC on the Twitter machine. He covers Purdue Athletics for the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Again, a quick reminder, Daniel House, James Murphy, they will break down the Purdue game sometime this upcoming weekend. I'd expect that on Sunday, but knowing those two, if it's an exciting and tantalizing game, maybe it could be a little bit earlier. But look for that this weekend. Daniel House and James Murphy breaking down the Gophers and Purdue football game again reminders from the beginning of the show gophers will take on nebraska or excuse me illinois at 2 30 on saturday october 5th again gophers and illinois for homecoming at 2 30 on saturday october 5th and we do expect shannon brooks back in the lineup for the gophers this saturday when they take on purdue also at 2 30 from ross aid stadium and west lafayette again my thanks to mike carmen for joining today that'll do it for this edition of the gopher show i'm ross brendel thank you so much for listening we'll talk again next week